Thank you for joining us for Sound Reasoning with Christian apologist and minister Perseus Poku of Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's program will educate, train, and empower you to defend your Christian faith with confidence. Perseus has his bachelor's in history and a master's degree in apologetics. We hope you enjoy this time of equipping so that you can answer questions to defend your Christian faith effectively. Now here's Perseus Poku on Sound Reasoning. Welcome to Sound Reasoning. I'm your host, Perseus Poku. On today's episode, we wanted to um, wrap up our series on the Bible. And for the last uh, several weeks, we've been talking about uh, the Bible in terms of its historicity, in terms of um, its purpose, in terms of the uh, origin of the Bible, um, how we ought to use it, and how to get the most out of it as we try to uh, elucidate and to interpret what the different passages uh, are saying. And so, it's just a reminder to all believers that, uh, that uh, have a Bible uh, to make sure that when we're reading the Bible, Uh, We're reading it from a hermeneutic perspective, and we define hermeneutics as the science and art of biblical interpretation. In short, hermeneutics is the correct way to read the Bible uh, and and to handle it appropriately. Uh, For the Word of God reminds us that we ought to rightly divide the Word of God or the Word of truth, and that passage also implies that if you're not reading it, Rightly, you could be interpreting the scriptures wrongly. And we see evidence of that in Galatians, the first chapter, uh, where Paul reminds uh, the churches in Galatia that they ought to uh, stick with the truth, that uh, there are some who desire to misuse the Bible for their own uh, preferences, for their own uh, motives, but he warns them that if anybody preach any other gospel to them um, outside of that which they've already received, let them be accursed. Uh, so it, it's important that we read the Bible and we study the Bible. That's the difference. We read the Bible for exposure. We study the Bible uh, for uh, edification. So it's important, read the Bible, which is good. Expose yourself to the narratives. Expose yourself to um, the commandments, the instructions, the principles. But then when we're studying the Bible, uh, it takes a little bit more effort. Uh, we, we, we're learning about the customs and, manner, and manners of uh, whatever passage we're reading, and uh, we, we, we're looking at it from a different vantage point when we're studying the Bible. Uh, we're bringing in additional Bible tools uh, to help us to make sure that we are interpreting the specific passages correctly. So again, this uh, final series, we want to continue this uh, theme of how to read the Bible for all it's worth, how to read the Bible for all it's worth. And we said uh, when attempting to uh, study the Bible, we need to make sure that uh, we look at the three parts. 
uh, we offer up observation. It's the first part. Then secondly, we offer up interpretation. Then lastly, application. So observation, interpretation, application. I'll say it again. Observation, interpretation, application. Observation of the Bible, um, as we've said in previous episodes, uh, deals with what does the scripture or passage say? And if you go back to our previous, previous episodes, I spent more time on observation. And under observation, um, we talked about the who, the what, the when, and the where. Who are the characters? Uh, what are the key truths? When did these things occur? Where did these events occur as we read the Bible? So all of that's under observation. Then under interpretation, we talked about content uh, and context. Then we talked about comparison. And we talked about consulting. We talked about conclusions. And so that's under interpretation. And it, let, let me unpack that a little bit more just for um, those who may not have heard the previous episodes. Under content, we talked about the more times you spend in observation, the more familiar you should be with the content of the passage. The content are all of the words, all of the places, all of the people, all of the ideas or the expressions, etc., contained in the passage. When I was in seminary, one of the exercises we had to uh, turn in was the observation paper. And initially, it was very difficult because you're reading not to interpret, but the assignment required you to read just to observe. And you, you're observing everything in the passage. You're just observing. You're getting acquainted with the passage. You're observing. Um, if the passage says um, Jesus went up to Jerusalem, um, some of the students noticed that it didn't say Jesus went down to Jerusalem. Rather, Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Does that mean something? Is there a reason why the writer said he went up and not down to Jerusalem? So as you do your research, you'll discover in that particular passage uh, that uh, Jerusalem, where Jesus was going, was on a hill. So that it makes sense that the author would say Jesus went up to Jerusalem and not down to Jerusalem. So uh, things like that may seem ins- insignificant, but as you study, it may tie into other parts of the story which highlights the significance. So again, just observe. Observe the content. Then the context. What can the surrounding context of the passage add to your understanding of it? One of the major violations uh, that many people um, commit when it comes to the Bible is going to a scripture and just uh, interpreting or attempting to interpret a particular scripture without looking at the context. Context is everything. Context, context, context. Uh, If you find a passage, it would benefit you to read what happened before 
that scripture and what's going on after that scripture. We, we, we got to put it in context. If not, then you have these false interpretations of Scripture, which leads to false theologies. So context means everything. One of the things, um, as an example, um, that I used to hear all the time is, the Lord will give you the desires of your heart. And this is all you hear. The Lord will give you the desires of your heart. But if you read Part A of that verse, it says, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. So if there's no delighting, there's no giving. You have to delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Uh, You won't know what God's desire is for your life if if you're not delighting in it. How are you going to know if it's God speaking, if you're not uh, in communion with him, if you're not reading the Bible, if you're not studying the Bible, if you're not praying to him, if, if you're not engrossed in him on a daily basis? You're just um, assuming that God uh, has authorized or has approved whatever it is that you're asking for, but We must first delight, and then he will give us the desires of our heart. So the next thing under interpretation is comparison. Comparison. The Bible itself um, sheds light uh, on its own meaning, meaning that we use cross-reference. We use cross-reference. So as an example, uh, I shared this before, John 8, 58, where Jesus uh, is, is responding to um, the religious leaders, and he says, before Abraham was, I am, right? Uh, and, and it says that they took up uh, uh, stones uh, to try to uh, assassinate him because uh, he was making himself to be equal with Abraham. But, but what Jesus was telling them that is, I, along with the Father, we... Uh, created Abraham. Before Abraham was even thought of, I, the uh, son of man, I, uh, the monogenous son, who is equal with the father in terms of ontology, we created Abraham. So before Abraham was, I am. And then um, the audience at that time who attempted to assassinate him, they knew exactly what Jesus was talking about. All we have to do is cross-reference John eight fifty eight, with Exodus three fourteen, and we go back to Exodus three fourteen, and uh, Moses is asking God, "Who should I say sent me?" And God says, "I am sent you." And ever since that time, Israel associated that title "I am" for uh, for God, and they knew it was God. So fast forward to the New Testament in, in John chapter eight. Um, Jesus is revealing to them that he, along with the Father uh, and the Spirit, they were all there at the burning bush. And if you look uh, at that passage, the one that called Moses to the side was the angel of the Lord. And in this context, it's referring to uh, Jesus himself, the messenger of Yahweh. So as you cross-reference 
um, you'll be able to gain a, a, a better grasp of a certain passage. Uh, some passages are loaded, and you can only unpack uh, what the author is trying to convey by cross-referencing. So it's very important. And uh, for our convenience, your publishers, uh, and ma- uh, many Bible publishers have made it easy for us to find the uh, connecting scriptures. So um, if you look in your Bible, you may have a middle column that has uh, uh, letters or numbers, uh, uh, footnotes. Sometimes you'll find in the footnote section, meaning at the bottom of your Bible, uh, you'll find uh, these small uh, letters, um, and, and it'll have scripture next to the letters. Or you may find find it numerically, and they'll have uh, certain scriptures next to it. Those things are there for a reason. Those letters in the center column of your Bible uh, or the footnotes are there for a reason. They're, they're there to let you know that there is an accompanying scripture that you need to check out, uh, and that's part of our Bible study. Then consult. That's the other C, consult. What do other study tools uh, how can those help you in your biblical interpretation? Uh, you have uh, Bible dictionaries, right? You, you, you have um, Bible encyclopedias. Um, you have, to, for example, strong concordance of the Bible, as I've mentioned before. Uh, you have a Vine's expository uh, Bible dictionary. You, you, you have all these various tools. Some people even use the Lagos, which I use. Uh, Lagos um, is, is a tool, it's a software, a Bible software uh, that many scholars uh, are using. And um, they cut down the rate of your research dr- uh, drastically. Uh, it helps you to find scriptures easily. Um, it allows you to have um, numerous uh, books, theological books in one place, and you can even uh, carry with you in the sense that if you have a smart device, uh, you don't have to bring uh, your whole library from your home. Uh, I'm talking about the literal books with you. You just open up the software, and there it is. Uh, So if you desire uh, to get a Laga software, um, you can look look it up online, and I'm sure they'll be uh, happy to assist you uh, from Faith Life. Uh, those are the producers of the Lagos software. Then, lastly, conclusions. What final conclusions do you have about the passage? So, in other words, what do you think the correct interpretation is? That's the question. Um, and, and and let me say this: going back to the uh, the consulting of uh, different Bible tools, um, some people have asked me throughout the years, "What about commentaries?" Commentary should be used in a way that's appropriate. When you're trying to figure out what's going on in a text or in a, in a verse, uh, try not to uh, run to commentaries as your first source, only because if you run to a commentary as, uh, uh, first without you struggling with the text, it's okay to struggle with the text to try to figure out what the text is saying. You pray, you've been prayerful, uh, you've been reading, you've been studying, and you're wrestling with the text. But make sure that you've done the work first. Don't quickly run to the commentary because the commentary um, are um, comments 
from other people, other, uh, other supposedly uh, people of faith. So the commentaries are not necessarily inspired, uh, and they're definitely not infallible, meaning that I can write something. I, I, I can write a commentary on, uh, let's say, Ephesians, and part of my commentary may be incorrect. And I've read commentaries where um, certain statements that the uh, commentator was making, uh, not saying they did it intentionally, but uh, they may have said something that was incorrect. So if if I run to that commentary first and accept it as gospel, then I may be reading that text incorrectly just like the commentator did. So it's best for you to do your own work uh, then consult the commentary uh, as a last resort. It, do it on the back end of your study. Uh, and, and when you do it that way, you have a better chance of making sure that your interpretation of that scripture is accurate. Uh, it's very important. When it comes to God's word, we can't uh, be content in um, having uh, misinterpretations or or uh, interpretations that are inconsistent with the rest of Scripture. That's what we call heresy. Um, so we, we don't want to be, become uh, heretics. So make sure that as we're studying, we don't first run to comment, uh, commentaries. Uh, try to do your own work. Try to uh, read the Bible for yourself. Try to study it. And then when you get stuck and you've uh, done your due diligence, you've done your word study, uh, you, 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 you've done your uh, observations and, and you've done everything you're supposed to do, then uh, you can see what other Christians have said about this particular passage through commentaries. Uh, and when you do it that way, you have a better chance of arising, of arriving at what the author is actually saying. Then conclusions. What final conclusions do you have about the passage? So in other words, what do you think the correct interpretation is? And this is where uh, commentaries uh, would be helpful because you've already uh, done your research, you've read, you've studied, you, you've done your cross-references, you looked at it contextually, and now you can uh, test your conclusion with what uh, other Christians may have said about the same passage. Then lastly, uh, out of the three major uh, methods, observation, interpretation, we arrive at application. Application. Uh, now you've been informed. Uh, you've done your, your, your study. You've got the information. How are you going to put it into action? Application is so important. Uh, we read about God's commandments. We read about his instructions. We read about his principles. But are we going to put it into action? So in, in order to help, help with application, uh, the third uh, level, uh, consider the three different ways a passage can be applied. Uh, new ways to think and believe. What, what is, ask this question to yourself, what is the main thing the Lord will want me to know from this passage? What is the main thing the Lord wants me to know from this passage? The, the second thing is the new things to do. What is the main thing the Lord would have me to do as a result of studying this passage? What would the Lord have me to do as a result of me reading and studying this passage? So the first one is, what is the main thing the Lord wants me to know? The second thing is, what is the main thing the Lord wants me to do? 
Then, lastly, confirm, uh, confirmation. Uh, the way I'm thinking and believing and or things I'm doing are correct. Consider that, right? It, it's the question you need to ask yourself. Are the ways that I'm thinking and believing um, in regards to the t- this text, is it consistent with what God wants me to think and believe, right? These are the three methods of uh, reading the Bible for all it's worth. Observation, interpretation, and application. Observation, interpretation, application. Uh, if you desire uh, the handout uh, for how to read the Bible for all it's worth, please email us at info at srministries.org, info at srministries.org, and we will be happy uh, to send you a copy of uh, how to read the Bible for all it's worth, uh, where um, we've listed the observation, interpretation, and application method uh, to better elucidate the Bible. Uh, again, the Bible is a precious uh, commodity that we as Christians need to cherish. Uh, God has deposited his will for all of us, uh, and that can be seen through the Bible. It uh, showcases God uh, as a loving creator, and he wants us to respond back to him. Yeah, it's, it's not the Lord's will that any man or woman perish, but we choose uh, to perish when we reject his invitation uh, in, into a loving relationship. He loves us, and all of you that are listening, he loves you, but he sent out an invitation, and many of you all have already accepted that invitation uh, by making him Lord and Savior, uh, and and he wants he desires right, for all of humanity to say yes, but the reality is, as we read the Scripture, not everybody's going to say yes. But we that are Christians, we that are um, the message uh, givers, we that are the preachers and teachers, we extend the invitation on behalf of God to other people. So we witness. Uh, it, it's what we call evangelism. So while uh, Christ has yet to come back, we have work to do. And all of this starts with the Bible. The Bible is the inspiration uh, that uh, shows us how to uh, live life and live it more abundantly. Uh, the Bible uh, is, is here for us to delight in. It's, it's here for us to deal with conflict resolution. It's here for us to uh, deal with our mental faculties. It's here to help us deal with relationships. So if you have any questions regarding these last 10 episodes on the Bible, uh, please let us know. Again, info at srministries.org. You can go to our website, srministries.org. If you uh, have any comments or any questions, and again, we thank you all for your prayers, and we definitely also thank you all for your contributions. We need everybody's support in order to continue our ministry and to uh, extend the training that God uh, wants us to have. So if you'd like to support us, uh, go to srministries.org. You can give electronically or you can make out your donation to uh, SRM uh, and and mail it to P.O. Box 582-306, Elk Grove, California, 95758. And remember 
to always do for the truth what so many people do for a lie. Thanks for listening to Sound Reasoning with apologist and minister Perseus Poku from Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's lesson has equipped you to share and defend your Christian faith with boldness. Sound Reasoning Ministries offers training in apologetics, biblical studies, and systematic theology. Join in on discussions on Facebook at Sound Reasoning Ministries. For more information about the ministry, to send an email, ask a question, or support the ministry, visit online at srministries.org. That's srministries.org. Listen again next week at this same time. And remember, Titus 1.9 says, Hold firm to the trustworthy message as has been taught so that you can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. Sound Reasoning Ministries, srministries.org. Hey everybody, I'm Dale. And I'm Tamara. And we're hosts of the Kynos Project podcast. Where we help you tackle ancient Christian truths in everyday settings. The word kynos means new, and that's exactly what we want to do on our podcast. Bring something new from what is old in our faith. And on this show, you might hear us explore topics like what the Bible has to say about student loan forgiveness, discuss how the satanic temple affects our view of religious liberty in America, or even question why is it that so many people are having rapture anxiety. To learn more about the podcast, go to lifeaudio.com.